HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by TD Bank, a proud supporter of local businesses like DeLuca's Italian Restaurant, rated the number one Italian restaurant in Staten Island. Welcome to The Big Food Question, a podcast exploring the most urgent questions from a food industry in crisis. This episode was produced in partnership with our friends at TD Bank. I'm Hannah Forden, HRN's program manager and one of this show's producers. Today we're asking, can online food businesses pivot to in-person service? The challenges presented to restaurant owners during the pandemic have been countless. Some businesses have closed, others have opted to ditch in-person dining and opted to takeaway or delivery models. Both local meal delivery and nationwide shipping of meal kits and pantry staples have gained popularity. A rarer take is shifting a business that solely offered online orders and pivoting to brick-and-mortar service. But that's exactly what Chef Sorbisani did during the pandemic. While most restaurants were doing the opposite, Sani found a way to turn her online business into a physical storefront, bringing her unique South Asian sweets to the masses at South Street Seaport. Chef Sorbi has decades of experience in restaurants, catering, and entrepreneurship. Currently, she is toting traditional Indian treats and snacks through her business, Tagmo. The idea for the company started about 10 or 12 years back. Uh, and the initial point was uh, where I started a company called Bittersweet NYC, where in that company I was doing wedding cakes, mostly for Indian weddings and desserts. And uh, at, at some juncture in, in time, I, a, a client who was also a friend asked me to do a box of sweets for them, which I did. And I actually decided to close Bittersweet and start this company called Tagmo, uh, which means tigress in Bhutanese. Um, and the idea was to do a gift packaging company that was mostly focusing on Indian confections and gift food gift products. Chef Serby's first pivot from wedding confections to boxed and delivered goodies soon turned into another. I know that the food in restaurants is amazing, but like nothing like when you cook at home. 
And so I really wanted to start doing like more home style meals for uh, my clients. And that's what started the home delivery service where we were doing packaged meals that we were kind of delivering across the city to Connecticut, Queens, Brooklyn, New York. Initially did a lot of um, donations and worked with a lot of um, mutual aid groups to kind of give food to health workers and also to distribute food to uh, smaller communities that didn't have as much food available at that time. What began as a small-scale endeavor saw rapid growth in the days of COVID. I was already shipping nationwide. Like I had been doing it for like, I would say about six to seven years. But I have to say the one thing that did happen in pandemic is like, I would say my business quadrupled last year in terms of shipment. Chef Serbi was operating two delivery businesses at once. One was shipping treats nationally. The other brought home-cooked meals to local customers. The boom she experienced was a part of the growing desire for delicious specialties delivered to our doors at a time when many stayed away from restaurants. But Tagmo proved to be more than just part of a fad. The support for the business on both of those ends was very different. One's an online business, which was working more through social media. It was more working through people receiving the boxes. The other part of the business that was there, I have actually been cooking in the city for close to about 20, 22 years. And so all the clients, a majority of the clients, 80% of the clients were clients that I have worked with. I've either done their weddings or their bar mitzvahs, or I've done their friend's wedding. And everyone kind of the first time that they received, I was so shocked, like the first newsletter that went out and our first delivery was for 40 orders. We had an article come out in the New York Times uh, about right before Diwali hit, which is our biggest festival. And that's when we sell the most product. And uh, we had a, we were mentioned in a New York Times article about these sweets that we're making. And that really impacted our sales for sure. People that have like ordered our product have come out and like given us shout outs, have like shared um, information about them, about us with their friends and family. And so it's been it's it's been a slow organic growth, even even though like it, it quadrupled, it was like more like people telling other people about our company. So now we're at one, two successful pivots, and the pandemic is full on. This did not stop Chef Sorby from looking ahead for the next iteration of Tagmo, optimized to fill a culinary void in the city. During that time, I also met um, two people that are now my business partners that had a store downtown, um, which was called Made Fresh Daily at that time, went to them and said, why don't we turn this space into an Indian space? Also like downtown, there wasn't any Indian spaces. They were like, yeah, that's a great idea. And of course, like I had my serious inhibitions. I was like, I don't know when people are going to come back into eating in restaurants. But we had two things that we had in our mind. One was, if you actually like really look at not just New York, but really even U.S., there's really no other 
South Asian sweets shop that's like a more upscale sweets shop, the kind of things that we see in India quite frequently actually available. So we saw that that there was this was an open market and we were going to go for doing mostly sweets. Tugmo version three is a singular store slash restaurant concept. The store itself is going to have sweets uh, in the front when you kind of walk in. And then, yes, we're going to continue because we had these homestyle meals that we've done over the year and they've been so successful. And we're not just like doing the same menu every week. We're focusing on different regions. We are getting the community sort of involved, whether that is women chef or the square chefs, so that we start, start building a platform that's not just talking about the sweets, but also talking about Indian food in general. This new space is in South Street Seaport, a beautiful historic neighborhood in downtown Manhattan. Its cobblestone streets draw many visitors, with upscale retailers and views from the waterfront. For someone whose business has existed online, this space is especially significant for Chef Serbi. I remember walking into this space the first time, and you know how you have places that you see, you're like, oh my God, this place is so beautiful. I love the energy of the space. I want to be in this space on a daily basis. It doesn't happen all the time. While she has found her dream space, opening a restaurant is not without its difficulties. So a lot of surprises and a lot of changes, but uh, we are almost as of done. We actually started the process last year. So it has taken us a very long time to even get the buildings permit and like all of those things kind of done and uh, get them ready and up and running. In addition to readying the space itself, Chef Serbi is also looking to gather her dream team. Getting the right collaborators lined up is especially important because she's currently running more than one business. Well, I'm hoping that I'm going to find a head chef that is going to help me operate this location because I certainly cannot be in both the places. Finding support is essential, but so is building a community she would be proud to lead. Personally, I start reaching out to women-based organizations because uh, I feel like that's a skill set that's very unique, especially for the South Asian community. Women are amazing chefs. And I feel the way women cook South Asian food is, is very different from the way men cook South Asian food. Um, so for me, that's an easy way of like reaching out and finding the community or membership that might be interested. So we would reach out to certain organizations like Saki and Sapna that we have both of the organizations that we've worked with before and see if they have members that might be interested in working with us. We do the same for uh, for like also for Kweshas, like really truly like looking at different websites that have like women at their forefront. Anyone that you employ should be wanting to be part of your family and you should feel like you both can work with each other on the long run, you know? And it's all about like building that relationship with the person, making them feel like you want them to be there because that's the only way that you can grow a business. 
you yourself cannot just do everything it's not possible like i've not i would not be able to do everything that i do if i didn't have a great band that wagon of of people right behind me supporting me and being there for me and actually showing up and like they do what they do really well and i'm very grateful for it Chef Sorbisani creates delicious treats that have brought together first the loyalty of her customers, then nationwide eaters, and now her very own restaurant team. The agility of her pivots, made possible by the clarity of her vision, as well as the quality of her support system. Tagmo, the store slash restaurant, is due to open in the coming month. If you'd like to hear more about Tagmo and Chef Sorbi's journey, Hear the original version of this interview on episode 81 of Opening Soon. We'll include a link in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by TD Bank, a proud supporter of local businesses like DeLuca's Italian Restaurant. The restaurant opened a few years ago and quickly gained notoriety as Staten Island's number one Italian restaurant. They have the only real coal oven on Staten Island. It's casual, delicious Italian fare with simple and fresh ingredients. They're a neighborhood restaurant at their core, and they look forward to serving you. Find their menu and learn more at delucasitalian.com. Don't forget to subscribe to The Big Food Question wherever you get your podcasts. Check back often as we address critical questions for eaters, operators, and workers across food topics and business sectors. If you have questions you'd like the show to answer, email us at question at heritageradionetwork.org. Special thanks for this episode to the opening soon team and Chef Sorbisani. The Big Food Question is produced by Katie Mosman-Wadler, Kat Johnson, Dylan Hoyer, Matt Patterson, Luke Griffin, and me, Hannah Forden. This episode's producer was me. Our audio engineer is Matt Patterson. Our theme song was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. The Big Food Question is powered by Simplecast. The content of this series is provided for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. You should obtain professional or specialist advice before taking or refraining from any action on the basis of this content. The Big Food Question is funded in part by a Humanities New York CARES grant with support from the National Endowment for the Humanities and the Federal CARES Act. This program is also supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. The Big Food Question is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us at heritage underscore radio.